Welcome to Geek Exploration Creator Corner. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. And uh, we're here with uh, the one, the only, Russell Allen. What's happening, guys? Hey. Yeah, so uh, you wrote a book. Yeah, we're getting right into it. I wrote a book 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a book 10 years ago. You know, it's been, uh, it's been a heck of a ride. We just had life happen to us. You know, I, I wrote a book 10 years ago. I had this idea. I've always wanted to write since I was young. People, as always, tell you the whole thing where, oh, you know, why don't you get a real job that you can have real things with? Uh. And so, you know, I was like, ah, whatever, you know, I, I don't really see, you know, getting anywhere with doing this. So I'll get a real job. And, you know, it's one of those things where like, I really freaking hate my job because it's not what I want to do. And I've had that my whole life. And so... Ten years ago, I told my wife, I said, for my birthday, I want a Chromebook. I was working a job that I was over the road one night a week. I stayed in uh, Springfield, Illinois area. It's about four hours from my house. I was like, you know, I'll write that night. I I got this great idea for a book. I really want to do it. She's like, all right. You know, so she got me the Chromebook for my birthday, and I started writing the book. And, you know, being a driver, I don't have a whole lot of time. We would start early in the morning and end late at night, and I'd come home, take care of the stuff that needed to be done around the house. And so, you know, once... A night on the weekend and one day a week I'd, I'd write this book and then you know several years went by I got you know this 900 page book lined up where I had the story from start to finish and I was getting ready to finish it up and, and, and make the last touches and go through and do it and uh, it was December of 2014 you know my wife was six months pregnant with my son Roderick and we found out he had a heart defect and so we knew he was going to go in for open heart surgery after he was born. Then they said it was only going to be three surgeries, you know, one surgery at uh, a week old, one surgery at six months, and then one surgery at three years of age. So we were pretty devastated. You know, we're like, this is something, you know, yeah, he only has to have a few, but, you know, we have to make it through all of these and get there. So yeah. after losing three kids, you know, before they were born, Oh, uh, you know, we were really devastated with this because we're like, we finally are having one. We've made it all this way. And now this. So it was kind of hard to get in the mindset to do the book anymore at that point. You know, I did it, but I really wasn't in the mood to to go through and, you know, do more with the universe and do more with the characters. And so uh, when he was born in March of 2015, I uh, was like, oh, I'm going to take the computer to the hospital with me. We're going to have all this time. We're going to be in the hospital for a month. He's got this open heart surgery, and I'm going to work on it. I'm going to finish it because I love this book. I'm passionate about it, and I'm going to do it. And then he was in open heart surgery for 13 hours. Um, we went in at 5 o'clock in the morning. They opened him up at, like, 6 o'clock. And then at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we got the phone call. Hey, we closed him up. Everything looks Whoa. good. And then they're like, oh, but wait, there's a leak. We got to open them back up, put them back on our lung bypass and go in and do more. So, you know, we're on edge all day long. We're stressed out. We we don't have any idea. We we literally are in the room the size of a phone booth with a a phone hanging on the wall and a TV. And it's like, this is the room where you're going to wait all day to find out if your son made it or not. And so, you know, I brought my PlayStation Vita with me. I brought books with me. I brought my computer. I didn't touch any of it. You're in a different headspace at that point. Yeah, we're just in a different headspace at that point. And it's just like, I can't wrap my head around doing anything right now. And so, you know, that happened. You know, he was in the hospital for a month. We came home. We were home two weeks. And then Mother's Day weekend, he went back in the hospital and had another surgery. And and then it was like, doctor's visit, doctor's visit, doctor's visit. So every time I had a chance, I would have to use a vacation to take off. And then, you know, so, you know, go by another year and a half later, we have another kid. (laughs) And so now we're two kids in, you know, I've got a wife, I got kids, I got a full-time job. We've got Roderick with all of his open heart surgeries. And, you know, he had another one at two and a half and he had in between cardiac casts to go in. And it was just like life kicked me in the balls and I never really recovered from it. And I just let my dream go. I was like, I just don't have time for it. Yeah. And so, you know, fast forward to, you know, January this year, I've been back in the scene for a little over two years this January 2020. And, you know, I was heavy into promoting artists. I started Art Exposure, you know, getting online, promoting indie artists, promoting people and their projects, trying to help get the word out there and get eyes on their stuff. So there's so much good indie stuff out there that, you know, is awesome. And, you know, behind the scenes all the time, I've got these people going, 
you know, what do you do? You know, do you, do you have any books out there? Do you have any art? And I'm like, well, I got some stick figure art. And I'm you're into that. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I wrote this book and they're like, well, why don't you do something? It's like, man, I just, I can't, you know, I just can't get right back in the mindset. So, you know, and this is my story, you know, January rolled around. I had a pain in my side at work. I bent over the inside of the truck to switch a piece of paper out and it felt like lightning struck me in my side. And I was like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. I pulled a muscle. And this was like whatever the first week of January was. It was that Friday. Right as the world was starting to fall apart. Yeah, right as the world's already <laughs> falling apart. And so I was like, you know, whatever. So then fast forward to the, the following week. It was Wednesday. Uh, I was hurting bad. Like, it was bad, bad. Like, to the point, like, I'm like, all right, something's wrong. You know, I should have listened to my wife and went to the hospital on Friday and so I, it just so happened that same day, the exhaust manifold on my truck blows at like my second stop in the morning. So I call my boss. I'm like, hey, this thing's screaming. The turbo's about ready to explode. I got to get this to Peterbilt. And he's like, all right, just take the truck into Peterbilt. I have somebody come by and pick you up. So I'm like, all right, no big deal. So I, you know, Peterbilt's 10 miles away. I go down a side road. I sneezed. And I went blind. Oh, about- holy shit. 2020 got you quick. They're yeah. like, hey, dude, this year's going to suck. We're just going to get you fucking right into it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so I went blind for like 15 or 20 seconds. So I'm scared to death. I'm in downtown St. Louis. I'm driving down a side street. There's freaking road construction. It's a four-lane road. The outside lane on both sides is closed. So only both inside lanes are going are uh, able to be drove on. So I'm either A, going to hit somebody head on, or B, run over a whole bunch of construction workers. So I just stop in the middle of the road. And it was... I don't know how long it was. I want to say 10 or 15 seconds. But when that happens and you're driving down the road, it feels like a lifetime and eternity because it was just full on white. It wasn't like blind and all you could see was blackness. It was just like full on white. Like when you have that real bad pain and you see white, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what it was. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm blind, you know, and then it started to come back. I can see the green of the trees and the orange of the construction cones. And I seen my lane. I'm like, thank God I'm still in my lane. And so I was like, I drove to Peterbilt, I called my wife and I said on the way there and they said, when I get off work, we're going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm hey, uh, hey, 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 uh, wife, I'm I'm a little fucked right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing. She's like, Yeah, you know, you know how wives are. They're like, Oh, you need to do something. And you're like, Oh no, I'm a man, I'm gonna push through it. And she's like, <laughs> yep. ah, I was fucking right this time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I've done that a couple of times where it's where you you know you resist going to the hospital or doing any of that shit as, as until you absolutely can't. And then you hit a point sometimes where you're like, all right, yeah, I need to go now. Yeah, I may have made poor decisions up to this point. <laughs> I was probably <laughs> only blind for fifteen seconds. It's not a big deal. I, I got it back. I can see yeah, fine I came now. Back, no big deal, right? Yeah. So you know, I go to the hospital. They found a, a mass on my liver. So I, you know, we were devastated you know we got all this other stuff going on in our life Roderick's cardiologist had just quit and moved to Tennessee so the guy that had been keeping our son alive for five years was gone Uh, and we were just transitioning with that trying to find somebody new to go to then you got all this other crap going on so you know our family's already going through turmoil and so you know we found out I had this mass on my liver and they scheduled an MRI for the next week so we went to the MRI you know we're thinking you know cancer not cancer you know what is it? So we get up there. They did the MRI. It was like 11 in the morning. We get back home. I went to bed. My wife woke me up at like two something. She said, hey, your results just came through on my mercy. So she's like, you need to look and see what it says. So it's like. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's like, hey. Uh, so, I, so I look it up and, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we found the mass on your liver and it's a hemangioma, which is like a blood vessel tumor. You know, they're common, they happen all the time, and they just go away on their own. No big deal. But we found a three by five centimeter mass on your spine. And so, you know, that that was really scary. My grandpa just passed away last year and uh in in September. You know, we had his funeral. He had a uh he had a, a mass in his spine. It was this, you know, so here this is just fresh. My grandpa passed away. He had a mass on his spine, they did chemo, they took it out, it came back. He got sepsis, got really sick. We could to the point we couldn't even get in to see him because you know the CDC had him completely under lockdown just because he was so 
toxic with the sepsis and it was so contagious. And so, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind is like, you know, my grandpa just passed away from this, you know? So I'm like, all right, we're going to keep positive thoughts and and we're going to, we're going to just, you know, see what happens. So I went in the hospital for a couple of weeks, fast forward to the end of January, I had a PET scan. Well, the PET scan came back the very next morning. It was a Saturday morning and it said significant evidence of malignancy on my spine. So I was devastated. You know, I was sitting right here. We were eating breakfast. I had my phone here. I thought it was the blood work. It was Saturday morning. I'm like, dude, I just had my PET scan at three o'clock yesterday afternoon. This shit takes forever. Yeah, doctor hasn't looked at that shit yet. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way it's going to be this. So uh, that and that's what it said. So of course, my doctor was on vacation until you know February 15th. So I was in and out and in and out of the hospital, and they didn't want to do a biopsy because they were worried about hitting my spine or hitting my lung and it metastasized into my lungs. So their long-term solution was let's wait and see what happens. We'll take a CT. If it gets bigger, we're going to go in and try to figure out what it is. If it doesn't get any bigger, we're going to monitor it. If it gets smaller, we're going to be like, we have no idea what the fuck it is. We're just going to leave it alone. <laughs> and so, so I'm like, you know, so I'm like, great. You know, the week after, you know, I figure this out, it was mid February. I'm like, what do I regret the most? What do I regret not doing? Now I start making a bucket list. I'm like, you know, what do I regret not doing with my family? What am I leaving behind for my family? Uh, what what are my what are my wife and kids going to do? Because when you know our son was born, we made the decision. It was a hard decision. We didn't want a hard kid being in daycare. They we yeah. didn't want to have them mess something and have die after all that we went through. They didn't want the liability of having them, so finding one was really hard. And so we made the hard decision of you can stay home and take care of him. That way you can take him to the appointments. We don't have to worry about which one can take off to do it, especially when we get close to the surgeries because they're every week. And I'm like, I'll work and I'll try to make it work. And we've made it work, you know, for five years. And now here I am. My wife has no job. It's the end of February. Everybody's talking about all these shutdowns. Places are starting to lay people off and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm like, if something happens to me, she's not going to be able to go get a job. What are my kids going to do? And so my contingency plan was, I got this badass book that I wrote 10 years ago that I never finished. And I, I, every time was not the time. Now is the time. Let's get this bad boy out there. Yeah, you, do you got 900 pages under your belt. 900 pages. That's not even a book. That's a tome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen King writes books those long, or that long. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, I... I don't know. Something just clicked inside of me. And I'm like, now is the time. This has been sitting here. This has been waiting. This has been slowly waiting. It's time to be unleashed upon the world. And now is the better time than any. If this is the last thing that I let loose upon the world, I can leave this world knowing that I made an impact and I did something awesome. Yeah. And I can leave behind something for my kids to possibly follow, you know, a legacy. You know, maybe my son wants to continue the story. So I buckled down. I went all in. Russ Explode Studios, Books with Heart, was born in February of 2020. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right with symbolism. I got my heart and my mind in this project, my son's heart condition. That's where the name was derived on. Plus, I love to blow shit up. Who doesn't? Explosions <laughs> are awesome. <laughs> and so I bought a website, zenonanitetitan.com. I'm like, this is my baby. Nobody's stealing this from me. I, boom, website copyrighted already. I don't have to worry about all that. Well, I can tell people about the story along the way. And and so I dove in and I did a huge rewrite. Like I rewrote the entire first third of the book and I decided to break it up into three different novels. So mm-hmm. originally it was going to be a 900 page book that's, hey, this is Rosale Stevens. This is Zeno Nanite Titan's origin story. Because I had plans on later on down the road doing a comic book series on it. I just, I'm like, you know, I, I want to find somebody that is is enveloped in the story as I am. Somebody that loves it and, and breathes it like I do. Where we have a perfect symbiosis that says, hey, I want to do the art for this book because I believe in the story. I love the character. I think it's awesome. Where do you want to go with this? That sounds badass. Let's do it. Yeah, you, you, you want to find uh, an artist who is hungry. You know, exactly. who will attach themselves to a story like that and just be like, yeah, like, let's do this together. Let's make this happen. Let's bring this to life. Exactly. And so I'm like, you know, I, I can't see selling a 900 page book to people. That's a commitment. At, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a commitment. I mean, <laughs> if someone handed me a book, it was like a 900 page book, like, man, you should read this. It's pretty good. I'd be like, yeah. I'll I will, get it on I that will consider tonight. that. Yeah, that'll I will add that to the list. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure I've ever read a 900 page book. And you know what? That's what I said too. And because people are like, well, why did you split the story up? I'm like, well, first of all, imagine never have written a book before. I know I have. I have written books before that I didn't want them to be my first published book. This is what I wanted to, to unleash upon the world. I was like, let's split it into into three books. I'm like, I'm like, I can't say that I've ever read a 900 page book before either. I'm like, if somebody handed that to me and said, "Hey, you should read this. It's really good," I'd be like, "Wow, um, how much time am I going to have to? <sighs> yeah, how much do this? I trust you? Uh, like, can I can I give you like a, a 50 page commitment first? How ma- how, how many much? words is that? How about you do a book report for me and tell me how it is? <laughs> is there a Cliff's Notes yet? Yeah, is there a Cliff's Notes <laughs> version? Yeah, so it, in a six by nine format, it equated to be about, I think it was 337,000 words, something like that. That is a lot of words. Whoa, right? I can't even imagine writing that. Like, I may not have ever written that many words in, in my entire, entire life. life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, I got a buddy, Drew Hayes, that uh, that he writes books that are that size with regularity, and I don't know how he does it. That's bonkers. Most of his stuff I listen to, like the audiobook version of it, because it's like I'm, I'm never gonna get through that much. Like it's just it seems like a commitment. And like, like I think of that size, it, that's too big for a hardback. Like if you print it all at one, it like they can't or no, they yeah, too they big won't for print it they hardback. Can, they can only do hardback, and then like, I think like. 400,000 words is is close to the limit that they can print even. Yeah, and, and it's, it goes the same way for movies too. Like, you know, you, like going and watching the Titanic or anything like that is a commitment cuz that's a long freaking movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, or like and Lord of the so, Rings, if they put Lord of the Rings out as one movie. Oh my gosh. Like no one would go see that. Like I'm not going to sit in the theater for 6 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no and way. see Lord of the Rings was so long because they freaking put all those like 5 and 10 minute scenes where it's like let's do a pan over of the trees and the mountains mm-hmm. and then what's next to the mountains. Oh, hey, hold on. Just hold the shot. It's beautiful. Uh, oh, yeah. Now Cinematography. Ha <laughs> ha. I, I don't know uh-huh. if you've read the Lord of the Rings, but that's very similar to Tolkien's writing. Yeah, pretty much. Where he'll spend two pages <laughs> describing like the, uh, the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it was a fairly good adaptation, I guess. Well, you know, and you've told me about that before, and that's exactly why I've never even attempted to read Lord of the Rings, because that that kind of thing would drive me nuts. I mean, he's good at it. He's good at writing. But yeah, it's it's a little wordy for my tastes. Well, and, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, there's a, there's a point to explaining things. And then there's a point where it's like, all right, do we get the point? Move on, you know? <laughs> yeah, you don't need to tell me the uh, backstory um, of yeah this entire person's heritage, especially if it doesn't matter to the plot. Yeah, like I, I had a hard enough time with when I went to read The Princess Bride when it started talking about like Prince Humperdinck's backstory with like his hunting and shit. And it, it was I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many pages it was at all. But it wasn't that many. But I, I like checked out the first time I tried to get through that book, and then the second time I appreciated it. But I, but I mean, I've got such a short attention span with with reading; it's tough. You're a Superman kid. Yeah, you want pictures. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was raised reading comic books. Speaking of pictures, I noticed like looking at your Kickstarter, you got a bunch of artists involved to illustrate this, right? Like, yeah. you got a bunch of illustrated pages in there, and I noticed it looked like there was, you know, at least. 15 different takes on on your protagonist yeah so that was one part of the cool thing about breaking it up into three books i decided to break it up in the trilogy because i was like man lord of the rings did it i'm gonna do it too i'm gonna break it into a trilogy make it take it in bites that's easier for people to take trilogies are great and the best part is is i can put pictures in it i'm like i know all these awesome comic book artists all these indie artists that i've you know been trying to promote for years I'm like, what cooler of an idea than to take their art and put it into a medium that they've never been in before, that they, that they would never think to explore into, and bring that their art to a whole new audience to where other people are going to say, hey, I love your cover. Who did the cover of your book? And I'm like, oh, it's comic book artist Alfred Trujillo, doobie doobie doo. 
You know, that's his <laughs> intro. And so I was like, wow, that's that's an interesting last name he's got there. Yeah, that's his uh that's his intro on this live draw show. So, you know, and it's that's what was really cool. So I got to take I took parts of the book that I had wrote out and the chapter, and I said, This is the piece that I want for the chapter. Uh, read this, take inspiration from it. Here's the base art from the character that I developed with Ed Williams. Do your take on it. I want it to contain this Easter egg, this Easter egg, this Easter egg, and this Easter egg. Go. And so the artist did a phenomenal job. They took inspiration from my writings. It was kind of a symbiosis, like I said, with the comic book mm-hmm. project. The artist took inspiration from my words and put the words into the beautiful pictures. And I took inspiration from the beautiful pictures and I did some editing to some of the things in the book. So it tailored more to it. And they did a great job of hiding my Easter eggs. When you look at the art, you're like, man, that's fucking beautiful. That is awesome. The character rocks. The The depiction that they made is great. But why does his leg look like that? What the hell happened here? Well, then you're going to go back and you read the book and you're going to be like, Oh, yeah, so, so does each one of those pictures like accompany the beginning of the chapter? It'll be at the end of the chapter, so it'll be each okay. piece so will accompany the Easter the eggs. End. Then, yeah, cool. Well, and everybody's going to look at the art. I mean, that's the thing. That's why I wanted them to be well hidden. People are going to flip through and they're going to read, look at the art before they ever read the book, and they're going to see the art because it's all on the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So though these pieces have been, you know, broadcast the last eight nine months on Facebook on my live streams and. Like, hey, look, I just got this new piece from Chris McJunkin. It's awesome. Or I got this new piece from David Fodd. It's awesome. You know, so I, I wanted it to where I could flash the art. People, that's the first thing I look at when I get a book. I'm like, oh, what does the artwork look like? And I want them to be able to flip through it and, and see all of it and then go read the chapter and then see the art that they already saw and notice the Easter eggs. Because if you look at it before and you read it, and like say you don't get all the way through the chapter at night, and then you pick up the chapter the next day, you may not catch that that's in the art. But this way, at the end, it, you know, it's it's fresh. It's like, oh, okay, this happened in this chapter. It's like a good a good summary at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it was really awesome to see each artist take, because, you know, Stuff Wilson has had like a free-floating nanite suit that that was off the body and then you had uh david fought's piece it was more like a samurai piece and you had even at revis fournier who did the piece with the beast wyvern knight uh that was something that up until after i launched the kickstarter i never released the name everybody's like who's that who's that and i'm like you'll find out when the time is right and so i have announced it to the world that that is wyvern knight that is a beast that xenon knight titan runs into on his uh adventure and it's it's a it's a good time and you know i had finney the great did a piece uh, theirs is more of an anime style piece and then chris mcjunkin did a piece his is it's awesome and then you had wendy steen shaner full of explosions that was the most fun piece because you know that wendy and i had acquaintance for a little while before we had ever talked about the book and i never knew she loved explosions as much as i <laughs> And so I I commissioned this piece, and she sends it to me, and there's these explosions in the background. There's just a little bit of explosions. She's like, what do you think about this? And I was like, well, I really like it, and I like the way you direction you were going, but it could use some a little more explosions, like, if you wouldn't mind, you know, because I felt like I was asking too much. Yeah. And she's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll put a whole bunch of explosions in there. She's like, I fucking love explosions. I was like, me too. She's like, yes. She's like, we're going to fill it with explosions. She's all squeeing and super excited. And so she redoes this piece and sends it back to me. And it's just just one giant explosion. There's a tank in the background (laughs) with the top hatch getting blown off of it. And it is freaking epic. It is awesome. All right, so we have we have we've talked your history. We've uh, teased the uh, the book and uh, well, the first of of several books, or at least the three books and leading into the comic series. And we've talked or we've teased, I guess, the uh, the Kickstarter campaign. So you have launched your Kickstarter campaign for Zeno Nanite Titan: The Fall Before the Rise. Yes. So. Tell our uh, our audience a little bit about this Kickstarter campaign because this is launched. Um, the 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 fanfare is uh, is through the roof so far. I've seen you posting 
the the shit out of the the most hilarious uh memes and ads on facebook i want to know and by proxy our listeners want to know more about your campaign specifically let's let's hear about what it is you're uh, you're shooting for and what it is uh their their pledges go towards and um let's uh, let's promote the shit out of this let's get you some some bucks coming in so i, I it was kind of a poop shoot with it from from the get go so as we all know, there's minimums. Books are a little different than comic books. Books, you have to have a minimum print run for each type of book. So I was left with the option of soft cover, hard cover, soft cover with art, without art. What do I do? You know, because I if I so just to give you a rundown of it, it's so like for a soft cover without art, it's eighteen dollars a book. Soft cover with art, it's twenty-five dollars a book Ooh. until you get until you get to fifty. And then at 50, you start to get a price, you know, cut on it. And then when you get the 100, it makes it like 17. So I had to justify, okay, you know, I'm going to ask 35 or $30 for a, uh, a soft cover. Or if I do just hardcover and everybody just buys a hardcover, I can get it down to like $40 a book. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's a little bit easier than saying, okay, $50 for hardcover, 30 for softcover and splitting the run. Yeah. I'm just going to do them all hardcover. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, this is a Kickstarter. These people are believing in me, believing in my badass project, believing in Xana Nanite Titan. I want them to have something that no one else in the world is going to be able to say that they have. And so I'm like, we're just going to do it in hardcover. Every print run after this will be in softcover, but we're going we're gonna to fulfill this first print run and we're going to do it in hardcover. You're going to pay the base median for what both books would be. And you're getting the better product with the better art, with the thicker paper, the larger format, the hardcover with the diamond digital, everything in it. And you're getting it for a little bit more than what the soft cover would be and a little bit less than what the hardcover would be if they had their own separate tiers. And it helps me to not have three different print runs that I have yeah. to hit a 50 minimum to not yep. charge you an arm and a leg. So I've had a lot of feedback on that. And it's like, look, you know, I did my research in this. I, I've looked into everything possible. And this was the best way I could find. So for 10 bucks, you get the digital, the digital tier. Do you live on the International Space Station? Are you stationed on Mars? Are you on Jap Jupiter uh, or Uranus? <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to spend 45,000 space credits to have your book shipped to you. Mm -mm. Then I've got a $10 digital platform for you. If you would like the hardcover copy of the book, I have a $40 tier that gets you the digital and the hardcover. And if you would like the art book or the book and the, well, the art book, the book and the digital, it's 90. The reason why I did an art book, people ask me that all the time. I am a big fan of seeing things from start to finish. Me too. What did the author see? What did the artist see? Where did the artist start with and where did he end with? You can find that out. By adding on a super sweet, badass art book with not only the artist roughs, the artist black and white, the artist pencils, and the artist colors of each piece, if I have it, but also my pencils and my roughs that I sent to the artist. <laughs> See, I'm I'm kicking That's myself awesome. right now because you know we're 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 nearing the end of our Kickstarter campaign, and I wish I would have tried to do something like that i mean it would have been logistically a, a just another hurdle we'd have to do as far as getting things printed but i love art books when i go to when i go to conventions i want artist sketchbooks because i love seeing the process i love it so much yeah and that's that's what i love too and so i had kicked around the idea of an art book and i put it out there you know like all good things you know when you're thinking of doing a project you kick ideas out there mm -hmm. and see if people start talking about them if they talk about them and they gain traction, then that's what I'm going to go with. So I kicked it out there that I had this idea that I was going to put preliminaries and, you know, all that in there. And people are like, oh, man, I love seeing, you know, the stuff that the, the authors do. And then other people are like, oh, that's stupid. Nobody wants to see that. And they're like, well, whatever, I would. And so when they started getting a lot of kickback of people saying, I want to see what your idea was before the artist took it in their direction and where they started and where you had them go and whatnot, which I didn't do any edits. There was only one piece that I had edited and I, I expanded on something that the artist came up with. I was like, I really love this. 
let's expand on. I'm not, I did ever told the artist to change anything. Everything you guys see is purely what they saw in my words based on my base art and how they, they did it. I didn't want to take away from any of that creativity because I believe in the artist to portray the, the character in the way it needs to be portrayed. That's one thing I, I, I noticed about the artwork that I really liked was it looked like you gave them all quite a bit of freedom as to interpret the character as they wanted to. Because like they don't all look exactly the same. There is a lot of personality of the artist that comes through in each one of those in each one of those pieces that I thought was really cool. And that's what the whole idea was. I wanted to capture the personality of the artist for people to see the artist truly for the way they portray their work and the heart that they have in their work and, and their style, because, you know, this, this is my idea. This is my character, but I want them to portray it in, in their style and their, and their way of, of doing their work. And I think they did an outstanding job. I think they all hit it out of the park. And, and I really love that. You know, I do have a base art for what the character looks like. Um, Ed and I sat down and, and we did his piece and his piece is kind of the base piece. I have my own base piece and everybody will see that in the art book. But, you know, that's what's cool about, you know, having an indie book and indie publishing. This is I have creative control to say, oh, you guys want an art book? You guys want art preliminaries? Oh, I'll make you an art book. Fund it. Fund this Kickstarter. So, you know, yeah, you, I have you a, want an art book? Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> so and that's where the six thousand dollar goal is from in order to do the minimum and make it to where I can keep the price at 40 bucks for the, for the hardcover and do the uh, art book and do the minimum print run at the price that I have it at. I would have to hit both of those at the 6,000. That's not me making, you know, the $800 and editing back. That's not me making the art back. This is legitimately, I've spent $3,000 this $6,000 after Kickstarter fees and everything is funding the book run and you all are getting the book because I'm not in it to make money off the book. Would I be happy to make a million dollars off the book? Yeah, kind of. What I'm going to be happy about the most is, is seeing you guys at the cons and saying, Holy shit, that Russell Allen guy is here. I got to go talk to him guys. I'll be right back. And you come up to my table and you say, dude, I read your first book and I fucking loved it. That is, to me, what would make put a bigger smile on my face than anything else. To know that I wrote something that you it inspired you, that you love, that you legitimately connected with, and that you are excited about more. I'm in it for the people. You know, anybody that goes and watches my show on Russ Explode Studios, anybody that watches, you know, me promote these artists, I'm in it for the people and the relationships. You know, I may only have 234 followers on on my page. That's fine with me because these are people, most of them, if not all of them, I talk to, I message, I see them on a daily basis in the chat rooms and we converse together. You know, we have a a tight knit family. If I see them at the cons, we're going to, we're going to walk up and we're going to hug it out. And and it's a great feeling. It's a great community we've got in the, in the indie community. And I'm excited about that experience. Yeah. If you can bring joy to 250 people, that's, that's solid. That's, that's meaningful, man. That's more, you know, that's all, all you could hope for. Exactly. If I make 250 people happy and I make yeah. $10, I made it at the oh, yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. It's a victory. And it all <laughs> it starts with, with, with just getting the book into people's hands. Yeah, that's the hard part. You know, I've been, uh, so I did find out six weeks ago that I don't have cancer. Thank God. Woo. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. So that was, that has been the major milestone that I've hit. I found out I don't have cancer. I found out indeed because they were so focused on this three by five centimeter mass in my back. They missed that. I have 11 bulging discs and two blown discs in my back, one in my neck and one in my back. So the other thing that happened was, so February, I started the company. I ended up going back to work the first week of March. I worked for two days and on my way home, somebody ran a red light and totaled my car. So that added to everything that was already going on. And at the time, we had no idea this was going on. And the hospital did the CT scan, and they did not find anything wrong with my spine. Then They're like, oh, it's unremarkable. And so the doctor now is like, they're fucking idiots. He's like, I don't know how they didn't notice all this stuff back then. And so, you know, I've been in all this pain. I've been trying to do this. And I've been thinking I have cancer and yada, yada, yada. And I'm writing my bucket list and putting this book out there. So I have to say, you know, putting this Kickstarter together, 
getting these tiers together. I also am offering um, 11 or 12 of the 13 pieces are available to buy as prints. I do have add-on capability. Uh, so you, at the end, after you pick your tier, you can add on an extra book for 35. If you want to add on an extra art book, it's an extra 50. And then they're all the ones that I do offer. It's $15 for a print. Their medals are limited to 10. If people only buy four, then you're buying a limited edition one of four metal print. So, but they will top out at 10. Those are 40. Um, that's been the, mo the, the best part about this. I put this Kickstarter together. I put together all these tiers and, you know, last Tuesday was a very emotional day. I was on the road and I, I probably cried half the day because it was, a, this is a huge moment for me. Yeah. This was several victories, several mountains climbed, several valleys crossed. I, not only had I made it a 10 year struggle that I wanted to put this book out there. I made it. Mm -hmm. I'm alive. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And I get to hit launch button on the computer that I bought, got for my birthday 10 years ago that this project started on. It ended here. And I sent it off into the ether, man. Yeah. And that was the rad. best feeling ever. I, I, and it wasn't tears of sadness. It was no, tears yeah. of, of joy. I was overjoyed. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's real. It's out there. It is. And the Kickstarter's doing pretty good, too. I mean, you've got 24 days left and uh, you're at 29 or 28% funded right now. So that's a that's a good initial clip, man. That's that's yeah. cool. People want to see it. Yeah, and I'm excited to get it out there, man. I can't wait for people to read this because you know you guys are fans, and it was great that you guys brought up the whole pulp story uh, with with space oddities. Is this is a pulp book? If you guys read this, this follows a, a pretty much a pulp space opera book. You know, you've got your guy. He's an average man. He's going out there and doing his daily duties, and then. Shit happens to him. Life kicks him in the balls and says, you know, we're going to hand you a shit sandwich and you need to make a turkey on rye out of this, you know? <laughs> and so... Make it edible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess, tell us about Xeno Nanite Titan. Like, yeah. like what is... Who's the who's the main character? Like, I mean, as much as you're willing to reveal about the story, but like, what is... Uh, what are we looking forward to? Yeah, I was, thinking that, I was thinking that ahead of time. Like, I probably should have led with that before getting into the Kickstarter itself. But uh, uh, that's all yeah. good, man. You know, that, that's the good thing about podcasts. We can talk about whatever we want. Yeah. So let, let's hook people. Let's hook people. So it's an awesome story, man. Uh, a lot of this takes a little bit from my life uh, and all the shit we've been handed for the last five years went into the rewrite. I can't imagine um, you would leave that out. I mean, fuck. <laughs> like, it's huge. So, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's in yeah. your mind. It's in your soul. But, like, you can't just turn that off. Yeah, and that, that was a lot of why I did rewrite it is because I wanted something that people could feel, that they could understand, that they could get behind. And so, Rosalind Stevens, you know, first off, here's some funny thing. You know, nobody really knows this. This is something that I hardly ever talk about. Rosalind was the name that I wanted to name Roderick. My wife hated the freaking name <laughs> Rosalind. She had to go for it. Yeah, she's like, I hate it. That's a terrible name. And I've always loved the name Rosalind. So, when I started writing this book, and you, I knew she was never going to let me use that name. I was like, that's the fucking name of my character. It's Raziel, and you can't do a thing about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Raziel Stevens, he's a family man. He works for the Space Combat Authority, the SCA for short. He gets called back to work off of a, a leave, man. They got so there's some crazy broadcast that comes in, and they're worried some shit's going to go down. They don't know what it is. So he's working on a super secret uh, technology. He goes back, he tries to finish it up, and an accident happens, throwing him into a world of shit. And, like, I couldn't put it any other way, because if I did, it would spoil stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is him getting launched out away from his family, away from his home, away from everything he knows, losing a lot of the people that he loves, and him meeting you know, people like Wyvernite along the way are beasts, I guess you could say, like Wyvernite along the way. And their souls become intertwined in this adventure. And he's trying to get back to the earth, to his family, to his home. And he doesn't know if they're still alive. He doesn't know if there even is an earth still there anymore. And so, you know, th this is kind of the story of his origin story of how he acquires the suit, why the suit was made where the suit came from, what the suit's capable of doing, what its abilities are, and him learning how to use it along the way. You know, this is just your average family guy. You know, he's not 
a hero. He doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have regeneration capabilities. He's not a soldier. He has no fighting capacity He wasn't raised whatsoever. to be a warrior. Yeah, it's to be like one of us right now going over to, you know, to a war and, and we've never shot a gun in our life or something. You know, this guy is just thrown into the shit and he makes the best of it. And that's why I like to refer to the character a little bit as me because, you know, I soldier on. I do what what's handed to us. And, you know, like I got handed a, a cancer at the beginning of the year and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this book. I'm going to push through the adversity in my life and I'm going to make this happen, whether it's the last thing I do or not. I don't know, but I'm going to do it, you know, and that's that's kind of bleeds off into my character. He has the same mindset as me, you know, no matter what happens, he picks himself back up and he keeps going and he pushes on. And, you know, this is his story. So it's kind of hard to talk about without giving stuff away. But yeah, don't don't give anything away. You don't want to just 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 enough to hook people and to get them to uh, to understand the kind of world they're getting into and check the art out, because like like. One thing I can infer from the art, he looks like he's kind of a badass. At least this art makes him look fucking cool. He's got like a, you know, pretty wicked looking flame sword, maybe. He's like shooting rockets in some of them. He's, he looks like he's ready to kick some ass. That's for sure. Well, I will tell you this. So there is a new element that is is brought about in the book. It's magnesium, not magnesium, magnesium. <laughs> So, and it's kind of a cool element. So it's an element that they discover. It's part of the technology that he's working on for the FCA. That's part of the suit is the magnesium. So the ability of the (laughs) magnesium is that it can become superheated and it's malleable and it can be programmable. So his weapon, when you see it throughout the artwork, you're going to go, why in this one is it an axe? And in this one, it's a scimitar. And in this one, it's a sword. And in this one, it's a pike. And in this one, it, it's because he can make it whatever he wants it to be. He thinks it. And the technology of the weapon is, is able to become whatever it wants to be and be superheated. And it is able to cut through pretty much anything. I'm telling you what, if I had that thing, it would look like a He-Man sort of power at all times. <laughs> I have the power! Yeah. There would be no question. I think I'd do like a Sword of Omens or like a Legend of Zelda Master Sword for a second just for funsies but no yeah and it's it's it's, so it's really cool and you know the whole thing is is it's him basically learning the functions of the suit learning the functions of the magnesium and trying to figure that out while having to fight all this shit along the way and get Mm -hmm. his way back home and figure out if his family's still alive figure out if the earth even still exists and if it does exist or if it has come under attack can he take it back from him I don't know. You got to read the book and find out. And nice. I will guarantee you this without a doubt in my mind that you will never see the twists and turns that come in this book. This book has more twists and turns than 2020 has had for anybody in, in, in their <laughs> life this year. It will keep you guessing. And you sound like you're an authority. Yeah, you, you know about <laughs> twists and turns yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, that's my biggest thing about writing books and reading and, and, and watching movies is there is nothing worse than watching a movie. And in the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is what's going to happen. Yep. And my wife will be like, oh, no, you don't know that. That's not what's going to be what happens. Like, we just watched the Mandalorian episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whatever it was today. Whoa, whoa. Long as it's not number four, because I haven't seen I it haven't, yet. I haven't seen number three either. So. Oh. This, is, this is number two. Oh, so okay. You guys have already seen Got it. it. I've been busy. Yeah. So whenever whenever he they they take the jetpack from him, I'm like, yeah, he's gonna hit the button. Oh, and she's yeah. like, it's almost. Obligatory. And she's like, no, he's not. And I was like, he's gonna hit the button. And so he starts walking away. She's like, he's not gonna hit the button. And he goes, beep. And I was just cracking up laughing. See, for the most for the most part, I am an I'm a a blissfully and willfully ignorant viewer. Um, every once in a while I'll watch something and be like, okay, I want to figure this out, but I like to just sit there and not think about it. And, uh, and my girlfriend, Angelina will, she'll call things you know, she'll do that. She'll be like, oh, that, that's why this is, ha-. I've, I've had to tell her to stop doing that because she's always right. And I, and I, and I really want to, I want to watch it without something like that in my head. Or you just hope that one of these times she'll be wrong and you can laugh at her, but oh, it never happens. If it ever happens, I will never let her live it down. See, that's the exact same way, only it's flip-flopped. I'm like that, and she doesn't see it coming. And so, you know, when I wrote this book, I wanted it to not only surprise anyone, but I wanted it to be, you know, original. I wanted it to be something fresh. Everything we watch, 
I mean, yeah, my book's going to sound something like something because there's been so much that's been produced up until now. But yeah. I want it to be original. I want it to be fresh. I wanted it to be a new character, a new take. I wanted him to be relatable. And I wanted you to be reading it and be like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And you just get smacked in the face <laughs> repeatedly because that's what's going to happen. I mean, uh, Wendy St. Shainer read it. You know, I, I was really mean. I sent her the first two chapters, which, you know, maybe next week I'll I'll ghost the, the, the first two chapters out there to everybody on, you know, Kickstarter and Facebook and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And take, take a look at it. Take a stab at the adventure. But I guarantee you, if you read it, you're not going to be happy because we're not, we're, chapter two leaves off. It's a humongous cliffhanger. And you're going to be like, dude, <laughs> yeah. I need this book like, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's the, that's the right idea. Put put a million dollars on there and I'll have it printed and sent to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, the funny story behind it is my I, I wrote up until that point and it was I have this when I write I have this weird thing I sit down and I'll write a few words and I'll stop and I'll just like look around and I'll write a few words. It takes me like an hour to get into the mood to writing, and when I get into that mood, then I I go. Well, I start work at three o'clock in the morning, and I usually the kids will go to bed at seven seven thirty, and then. Uh, you know, we, we wind down for an hour or two. I go downstairs and I flip, turn the computer on and I, I do my do 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 And then I'm like, oh, all right, I'm in the mood to write. And I start writing. And before I know it, it's like 1145 at night. And I'm like, shit, I got to be up for work in three hours and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I get to the end of chapter two and I had the header for chapter three wrote. And I was like, man, I, I got to go to bed. So I, I tell her, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get a shower. I backed it all the way up to the first page. Read, read what I got so far, and then let me know what you think about it when you get out of the shower. So I get out of the shower, and she's like, "I hate you." <laughs> I was like, no, what? No. I was like, "What was it that and bad?" I, well, you know, and here's the thing: I was like, I was playing it off stupid because I knew what I had done. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "You're not done writing tonight." And I was like, I am. Why? Why am I not done writing? Like, she's like, you cannot stop there. And I was like, yeah, I can. It's like midnight. It's time for me to go to bed. And she's like, no. She's like, you're an asshole. She's like, that. She's like, you kids, you just can't. Why would you stop there? And I was like, because I wanted to see what kind of reaction I would get. If I float this out there and people read this, am I going to get the action and the reaction that I want out of people of, hey, this is awesome. I need to know what happens next because that's what I need. I need to know that for one, you connected with my character for two, you're invested in the story. And for three, you want to know what happens next. And I achieved that. So I sent it to Wendy, which is the art, one of the artists for the book. And Wendy's like, she's like, yeah, she's like, I read the book. She's like, the only problem I seen is that when I scrolled down to chapter three, all that was there was the header. There was nothing wrote underneath it. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> nice. I was like, yes, two in a row. I was like, that's what I need. You're all, next up, I'm going to piss off everyone, everyone on the everyone internet. On the, everyone on planet Earth will be talking about this book. You yeah. son of a bitch, tell us more. You got to get that Philip J. Fry moment. Then shut up and take my money. Shut yeah. up and take my money. That's right. <laughs> so I am. I'm excited, man. I... I I, I don't have cancer. I'm going to make it through this. Yeah. I'm getting injections in my neck and my back. Uh, I just had injections again Wednesday. They were really rough. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through the weekend and do some of these shows, but I pushed through because, man, I'm passionate about this book. I want to get it out there. I want people to read the story because I'm guaranteeing you, if anybody misses out on the story, they're going to kick themselves in the ass because when book two comes out, I got some shit for you guys. It's just going to blow your mind. You think book one is awesome? Book two is just going to blow book one out of the water and book three is even better. Cause I'll tell you, cause I already wrote the whole story. You're just getting it piece by piece. And that's the other nice thing. You know, I started this Kickstarter saying I wrote a book, fund it instead of, you know, the other way around, like you guys did the same thing. Other people yep. are like, Oh, I got this idea for a book. Yeah. That's tough. Would you guys like to buy it? And then, you know, it's weird when you see people kicking money at it because you're like, man, you know, this guy's never going to write this book. And if he does, it's going to be like five years from now. <laughs> but no, the book is done. The art is all done. The art is all in hand. I have all of it. The book is edited. I have the edited version back and I'm working on it. This book is ready to rock. It will be in your guys' hands as soon as possible. I did set April 2021 as a date. I like to try to explain this. We're in a pandemic. Anything could shut down at any time. Yeah. 
whatever I, I do is prints, whatever I do is um, some of the stretch goals, like uh, at $9,000, we unlock the signing to her stretch goal. I will drive to each one of these artists' house and a nationwide tour live. We will go live from Rustic Flow Studios from their house or wherever we meet them at and be like, we're here, we're getting the book signed. One, so you guys know I'm legitimately getting the book signed. Two, because I want you guys to enjoy in the fun. You guys helped bring this project to life. You guys helped fund my dream. And I wanted to make an awesome experience that everyone can participate in. So I will drive and get all those signatures. How much is it, do you ask? $25 for one signature, 100 signatures. I don't care how many books you buy. It's just $25. <laughs> yeah. And all that is is the cover is my travel, my lodging expenses. It probably won't be enough to cover it, but it'll help. Like I said, I'm not in it to make money. I'm not going to charge you millions of dollars to get all these signatures. It sucks right now. No cons. You've got 13 plus artists that are part of this book that did badass pieces. If you guys want to get it signed, I'm willing to make a chance and make it a chance for you guys to get that. So if we fund at six, we we get signatures at nine. At ten thousand dollars, Christina Haggerty and Wendy Steenshader, one of my artists. Christina Haggerty is a good friend of Wendy. We had a show three months ago and everybody absolutely loved it. They're ready for 2.0. So I said, let's do 2.0. Christina, we talked about her being a tattoo artist. I will get Zeno Nanite Titan ah. tattooed on my leg. Oh shit. Live from Russ Explode Studios with <laughs> Wendy and Christina 2.0. You guys missed 1.0. You guys got to go back and look up the Wendy and Christina show. Watch it on YouTube. Watch it on Facebook. It's on either one. We had a fun time. So I I like to have fun. I, I love this project, and I want it to be fun for you guys, too. I want it to be a great experience, and I really want you guys to connect with the character and enjoy the story. Well, and it's, it's clear you do like to have fun, because for, for our listeners here, I mean, we're recording this on Sunday evening. Um, we just, uh, right before this show, we we went on to uh, to Russ, Ex- uh, Russ Explodes. Uh, wait, what's the... Why am I spacing out? Because I know it's Russ Explodes Studios. What is wrong with me tonight? I took one <laughs> shot of rum between shows, ah. and all of a sudden I'm a complete doofus. I don't even know how to use words. Uh, but we went on your show, uh, and and it's just uh, is it is the show itself called Russ Explodes Studios? Yeah, so uh, that's just a Russ Explodes Studio show. I didn't really ever. Oh, run studio with the show. Name. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what you search on YouTube. We went on there to talk about space oddities with you, and it was a fucking blast. We had a good time because, I mean, we got to talk about, about our project, too. But then we also just, I mean, because we, we'd never actually met before. This, this was, uh, tonight was our first time chatting, and we discovered a, uh, a common interest in, uh, in explosions. So, so your, uh, your, your Russ Explodes is, is definitely, um, not just a, uh, a a clever title. Yeah, well, and that's the funny thing. So Rust Explosion Studios, like I said, it was formed because of my my love of explosions. And I've used the tag name Rust Explode since like 98. So like all my emails are Rust Explode. And my business email is Rust Explode. And then so I was like, well, let's make it easy for everybody to find everything in me. I already own pretty much everything on every other platform. So let's just take the last few yeah. over. And then I had my artist and I was like, Hey, I want to promote you guys. Why don't you come on and do a short show with me and we'll talk about your art and show your piece off. And you know, that way other people can see you. And it was never supposed to turn into a show. And then I got the second show. I, after the show's over, I get like four messages. Well, when can I be on your show? And I'm like, Oh, well, I was just only planning on having the artist on. I was like, but I have no problem with having you on. Come on on. So it started out as Tuesdays only. And I went from the first month of Tuesdays only to the following month was Sundays and Tuesdays. Because I had so many people booked, I was booked two months out. Oh, nice. damn. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, you know what? I, I it, it, it popped up. People asked. And, and so I just rolled with it. I was like, you know, we have a fun time. I love promoting people's work. I love I love the relationships, you know. I love going to cons. Don't get me wrong. I like walking up and getting a signature from Dan Fraga or Scotty Young or from any of the other, you know, big name artists or, you know, Don McTagg, uh, Ryan, uh, uh, Brain Fart. 
Ryan Brainfart, I haven't heard of him. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> Ryan Brown. Ryan Stegman. Ryan, uh... No, not Ryan Stegman. Uh, he, lo- he lives in Kansas City. Ryan McGillicuddy. no i'm having a total brain fart but anyway you know the i I love doing that but you never really get the opportunity to talk to them every once in a while you might get five or ten minutes to sit down and chat with them but you don't get to get the one-on-one like who are they as a person you get like oh thanks for supporting my book and i hey i really love your art and then you're like next you know but this online thing has been Awesome. And this is what I wanted to do three years ago. Just nobody would would take the bait. And then now I got people going, hey, you know, we can't do cons right now. We love we want to talk to people. So let me let me come on your show. So, you know, it's kind of done a total 180 over from three years ago till six months ago. Now now I have an opportunity to and, and you know, and then with starting the business, I opened the platform up for them to be able to do it. And I'm like, heck yeah, let's roll with it. So it's been an honor. Kickstarter's gone nuts in 2020. Like, like I, I remember seeing an article the other day about how like, you know, it is just bonkers record record numbers of, uh, of projects getting funded. And one thing we've, uh, or at least I've discovered um, as we started our own Kickstarter campaign is the community out there. Like all of a sudden, like I'm, yeah. I'm a member of like, you know, 10 more more groups on Facebook where it's all just people who are who are promoting their stuff and promoting other people's stuff. And it's really wild because at least in in podcasting, I hadn't experienced that that level of community. And it's it's been it's been really, really uh, great. It's been a great feeling to experience that with uh, with the independent comics and artists and writers and, you know, the the independent arts community. Yeah, and they're they're not all good out there, but that's the nice thing about the indie well, fuck community. Fuck those guys. Yeah, exactly. That's the nice thing about the indie community. You don't see Marvel and DC promoting each other. You don't see them out there saying, "Oh, hey, we're doing this next month," but hey, they got this going on. But as indies, you know, we share common interests, and you know, we we would have never have met had I had not seen uh, Dan Oliveira on on one of the the feeds, and he was just hanging out chatting with them and. And I was like, hey, I, you know, I heard you had a project going on on Kickstarter right now. Why don't you come on the studio and talk about it? I, knowing full well, I was going to have a project running. Did I care about that? No, because I'm not going to stop promoting other people's stuff just because I have a project going on. Yeah. Yeah. I I love to talk about my project if we want to talk about it. But, you know, there's other stuff out there. And, you know, we build relationships and through our circles, we meet other people that, you know, can be interested in our work. Your people might be interested in my book and my people may be interested in your book. And we share people like that because it's not like we're, you know, out here fighting for money. Yeah. We're not. We're we're trying to be creative and we're trying to be in an inspiration, be a light for people to have something to take away from their negative in life, not cause it. And a lot of people seem to have the attitude like, oh, there's, you know, there's there's only so much money out there. So like I'm I'm competing with all these other independent comic creators and you're you're not really. No, you're you not. Know, you're, you're all working in the same space and working towards the same kind of ends. And so, you know, helping each other out and helping raise awareness for other people's stuff, especially since most of the time you don't have a Kickstarter campaign going on. Like, exactly. I mean, like it runs for 30 days. You know, if you're prolific, you know what? A couple times a year, a few times a year, maybe if you're yeah. doing a bunch of them. But I mean, everyone else has got stuff going on all the time and there's no reason not to shout it from the hills. And, you know, if you find something cool, a good project that people are interested in, get it in front of them. Yeah, and that's a bad thing, you know. <laughs> I'm always blowing up the airwaves because, you know, I'm admin of like six or seven pages. I don't know. I've lost count. Yeah, as I've done this over the last three years, I get invited to a page and they see how, you know, I love to share other people's stuff out and I'm actively sharing, you know, feeds and live drawings and Kickstarters. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know, you're a good team for the community would you like to be an admin of the page to be able to have more capability and i'm like you know it doesn't matter to me whatever if you want to and so i've been invited to do admin and moderation and it's like i blow it up like when somebody's got it like your guys stuff you know i threw it out everywhere i shared it like 28 pages nice today. Yeah, <laughs> and, I appreciate and it. so 
you know, and, and then I do the same thing with mine. And it's like, so now it's like, I can just see all these people that are members of all these groups going, Oh, for, for the love of God, he's got his own project now. So I was like, Hey, you know, all these projects I've been telling you about, mm-hmm. guess what? I got one now. <laughs> and so that's why I decided to make the funny names, the space shapes, Mac and cheese, Zeno Nanite Titan, uh, crap, you know, Mac and cheese post. And then I had, the 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 Batman one, and then today was the Wolverine one about Wolverine wishes he had an epic origin story like Rosiel Stevens did. I, I'm having fun with it, you know, and yeah, it's probably gonna piss a few people off, but hey, you know what? At least somebody's mad they're talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, all public. No, no. No such thing as bad publicity. I don't Thank know if that's, you. Holy know if that's crap. true anymore. No, that's definitely not true. Yeah, that, that's no, that's like definitely not whatever true doesn't anymore. kill you makes you stronger. That's certainly not true. If I had a heart attack, I'm definitely not coming out of that stronger. Yeah. But well, uh, and the thing is, is you know, I like to be lighthearted with things. I like to joke. I like to have fun. I'm serious about these projects. I'm serious about pushing. And everybody that watches my show knows that I'm serious about it because they know that's me. And but they know I like to have fun at the same time. So if somebody sees it and takes it out of context and gets mad about it, then they're probably not going to be a fan of my show anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Russell, um, you want to give some final plugs uh, for your show and your and your book and your Kickstarter and just let everyone know where they can find you if you're on Facebook, Twitter, any of that, and uh, you know, get the word out. Yeah, if you guys want to find me, you can find me at uh, Russ Explode Studios Books with Heart on Facebook. That is my Facebook group. You can find me at www.zenonanitetitan.com. And uh, if you need to find me anywhere, just look up Russ Explode. That's R as in Robert, U as in Umbrella, S as in Sam, S as in Sam, X. There's no E at the at the beginning of Explode, so it's just R U S S X P L O D E. And you Google Russ Explode, you will find everything: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, my website, my Kickstarter, all of that stuff should pop up on there. Like I, I have like a full page and a half of stuff. So I'll make it easy for you. Or just look for Russell Allen on Facebook and uh, and uh, you'll see Russell Explodes Studios Books with Heart pop up. And that's me. So And as we're uh, as we are spelling things out, why don't we spell out Xenonanite uh, Titan for uh, for the folks? Because I know just coming from the other end reading, I was like, OK. <laughs> Xeno nanite tight. Okay, I, I got it. I got it. But it's like but, alien tiny robots, giant thing. <laughs> yeah. So why, why don't we give why don't we give that one a little spell too, so people know exactly where where to or what to look for on a Kickstarter. So I think we've got we've got X E N O N A N I T E space Titan. That's correct. I'll definitely put a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. Um, I will also shoot some tweets out about it. Um. And uh, help you get the word out. Man, I appreciate it. All The last thing I got to say to everybody for the plug for it is, is please back it. Please believe in it. I believe in this 100%. I am 100% invested in this. I'm proud of this project. I have no problem walking up and handing this book to somebody and knowing, not knowing whether they're going to like it or not. If you love shit blowing up, if you love gritty action-packed adventure twists and turns around every corner and a character you can believe in and empathize with and you love 80s action films like terminator and robocop and stuff like that xenonanite titan is the book for you man man you were way better at promoting yourself than we are (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're so bad at it Man, you just got to speak from the heart, and you know everything has an inspiration to it. And you know that was that was us growing up. We watched RoboCop, we watched Terminator, mm-hmm. we watched oh, yeah. Short Circuit, Star Wars, Star Trek. You know, we had all these space opera, pulpy Indiana Jones, like you guys brought mm-hmm. up earlier. You know, these are great adventures that you get to follow the character, you get engrossed in, and you can emphasize with them, and and everything else, and. You know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back to the old way of storytelling, back when things were good. Because let's face it, all the stuff that comes out these days, 95% of it's garbage. The other 5% is probably stuff that's already been done, and let's just remake it again. Because honestly, that's what Oh, I'm man. In, in that Venn diagram, there's definitely a lot of crossover. 
Yes, yeah. there is. Most of it, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so I just wanted to go back to when I remember things were awesome. When I was a kid and I saw these movies and my eyes were this big around, you know, watching Gremlins. Like, this is so freaking awesome, you yeah. know? And and so I just wanted that kind of storytelling. I wanted it to be, let's go on an adventure together. You got this character. He has this bad shit happen to him. What is he going to do about it? What's going to happen to him? Well, find out in the next episode or the next chapter or the next book. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much, Russell, for coming on with us. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's get that shit funded. Let's do it. After you go back, Russell's, uh, just a quick reminder, because we can't we can't pass up a slight little moment of self-promotion. Go back. Space Oddities number one on kickstarter uh by the time this episode comes out there will just be a handful of days left oh yeah we'll be in the end run there so you'll be seeing a lot of us talking about that too <laughs> yeah um you can find us on facebook at the geek exploration the podcast page instagram geek exploration podcast and twitter at geek explore pod you can also give us a call uh good bad or ugly we'll play it and we will respond to it that is 916 orc turd o-r-c-t-u-r-d like the turd of an orc and if you enjoyed the show, uh, go give us a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, Podchaser. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably some other places, but uh, do that. And our theme song this week was the theme from Masterpiece Theater, used without any permission whatsoever. Thanks for joining us, and thanks, Russell, for being on. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.